Sorry for that couple week hiatus there. Uh, we were going through a number of uh, internal, I guess, struggles, you could call them, much like the Vikings on the field. Uh, there were some mishaps happening off the field. Um, and kind of chief among those mishaps, uh, we have uh, lost the captain of this ship. Uh, Danger Dane has announced a sudden retirement uh, from the podcast. We're going through some rough times. I'm filling in. Actually, this could be considered a promotion, couldn't it? Promotion. We'll, we'll call you the interim co-host for for the time being interim. until we find a more uh, suitable. That uh, works for me. Candidate. Yeah. Um, but so, sorry to see Danger go. You know, he's a key part of this I, podcast. Yeah, I think he mentioned something about. Well, they just said that they were canceling Mike and Molly on CBS, and God knows Dane's right now plastered on his couch watching TV, uh, certainly not doing anything better with his time than hosting the podcast, but that's okay. That's Dane's life. To, to each their own, you know, podcasting ain't easy, my friends. It ain't easy. It's a grind. It's not for everybody. Um, yep. 30 minutes every week. It is tough, but... But much, much how the the herd of buffalo is stronger when the weaker ones get picked off by wolves and I like that other predators. We will continue onwards better for it. I, I like that analogy, actually. So with that, uh, you know, like I mentioned, we missed the last couple of weeks. So we're going to jump right in, uh, kind of comparing uh, the Seattle and Arizona games. You know, obviously a lot of key defenders hurt for both of those games, but kind of drastically different Killed us. Uh, performances. Yeah, drastically different. Uh, that Seattle game, shh, that was that must have been the hardest game to watch in the last maybe few seasons. It was the worst game. And being the scolder that I am, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It, it was like watching one of those gross YouTube videos. You I, know? Yeah, I had, a, I had a feeling like I was hungover almost after the game. It was weird. I, I couldn't believe when I heard this week some people debating whether the Arizona loss was more painful. Or, or not necessarily more painful than the Seattle loss, but people... You know, whining about, oh, I thought we were going to lose by like 40 points and then we lost at the last second and it was so much worse. Maybe no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It worse. wasn't worse. No. I, maybe it was, you know, let's just, maybe it was a ploy by the Vikings make other teams think, oh, they're, you know, they're nothing too tough to I handle. Mean, it, it was a heart wrenching loss in Arizona, but, it hurt. you know, it, it was nice to see positive takeaways from the game, which you cannot say about the Seattle game. You, the, not one positive in this Seattle game. Not one. No, I, I, I got some quick stats here. Uh, which are pretty mind-blowing um, from, the, from the Seattle game. We had 125 yards of offense uh, compared to 389 against Arizona. So drastically different offense outputs. I mean, what's going on there? How could that be? You, you wouldn't think that's possible. Um, I, it just doesn't seem – it's like our offense is so bipolar. Yeah. One moment it's, well, decent. It's never amazing. And then the next moment they're averaging under three yards of carry – or three yards of play. Yep, just huge contrast in efficiency in the passing game from the two games. Uh, Seattle, we averaged 2.8 yards per pass attempt. Uh, in Arizona, we averaged 8.1, a much more healthy uh, kind of NFL uh, standard number. So yes. that was great to yes. see. Why, why do you think that is, in turn? Well, 
first of all, and you know, we—I hate to reiterate on things we've talked about all year. Offensive line was horrible. You could definitely tell in the last game. I've kind of already blacked out the uh, the Seattle game, uh, but obviously the offensive line continues to be a huge issue. Huge issue. Uh, I thought the play calling was drastically different between game to game, and I definitely. Hated everything about the Seattle game. I mean, I don't have anything positive to say. They were missing their best defensive players. They looked horrible on defense. Looked horrible on offense. Yeah, and I, I think you hit it on the head with uh, you know the the change in play calling too. Uh, it, it seemed like the the passing routes against Arizona were much more quick hitting to kind of help cover up that weak offensive line that that you mentioned is just quicker boring. and more. It seems like designated plays going to certain individuals, like quick designs, which yeah. is what I think they didn't have in the Seattle game. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that the offensive line played that much better against Arizona than Seattle, but the routes were just so much faster. That I Teddy com- was just getting rid of the ball. It was boom, boom, hitting receivers and strides. Completely uh, agree. You know, they they were all, uh, for the most part, short completions. But I mentioned that 8.1 yards per pass attempt number is a very healthy number and kind of shows that you don't need to be throwing the ball 40 yards downfield to get yards through the air. Well, then, I don't know. In terms of the defense, the D was a whole different animal as well. Yeah, completely. I don't know if it was the you know the little bit of practice they had without, you know, they don't have Barr, they don't have Harrison Smith, if they just needed a little bit of time to adjust. Uh, but their D was a whole different animal in the Arizona game. They actually... I mean, with all things considered, they played great on defense, I think. They did. I, I don't think we were ready for Seattle to come out throwing the ball like they did. I think we were ready for Arizona to do that. Yes. Against Seattle, I think we were gearing up, okay, we got to stop Rawls. You know, Lynch is out, but they still got that same game plan. Um, where against the Cardinals, we came in knew, knowing that this is a team that's going to air the ball out. Yeah, I, I would agree with that as well. Uh, one thing I took away from that Cardinal game Trey Waynes, he looked like a rookie, yep. in my opinion. He looked, he had one good play towards the end of the game, though, where he stopped Larry Fitz from getting a first down. But outside of that, he gave up two big plays. I think two plays for touchdowns, right? I think just uh, he got burnt on that. I shouldn't say burnt. It, it looked like he there's some miscommunication of blown coverage on his part on the on the long touchdown. The John Brown one. The John Brown one. Yes. Uh, that definitely looked like it was his fault. Um, but yeah, he did make that stop against Fitz, which that was uh, a good play. I mean, he yeah, almost he, gave it up. I mean, they almost gave up, gave up a, the first down, but he got in there, got his hand in there, and knocked it out. Yeah, he he flashed some speed on that that one. Uh, but fellow Skolger. Uh, Jay Marshall on Twitter kind of pointed out to me, you know, speed can't really make up for not knowing the coverages that you're in and not having those instincts. Uh, But he did definitely flash the speed on that play. Um, But, yeah, he he made an impact. Uh, So we had, you know, undrafted free agent uh, safety Harris also kind of making some splash plays um, against Arizona, which was very nice to see. Um, as well as, you know, other defenders step up. Another out. nice player to see step up in the last two weeks, even though, you know, that Seattle game, once again, horrible. But Hunter, rookie, defensive end, sacks in the last two games. I mean, pretty good for where he was drafted coming in. Yeah, I think Daniil Hunter, uh, you know, when we drafted him, was he a, a third rounder? Is that is that right? Third, I believe third rounder, I yes. think third rounder. Because Clemmings was fourth, right? Yeah, if, if I remember correctly, he was kind of an underachiever stat-wise. Um, I think he went to LSU, but under underachiever stat-wise, but just this physical freak. Yes. Um, and we've gotten 
you know, good production out of him. So if we can get him to kind of turn the corner, be, when we first drafted him, there's a lot of kind of Everson Griffin comparisons, uh, just being the physical specimen that he was, but kind of an under underachiever at college. So a lot of potential that seems to be getting unlocked. There. Let Zimmer bowl them. Yeah, yeah, and Zimmer we trust on defense for sure. Zimmer can, is the man. We can we can definitely agree on that. Um, so we we touched on the difference in the passing game a little bit between the two games, uh, rushing the ball. Uh, you know, that that was kind of a talker coming out of the Seattle game was AP not getting his touches. I think, you know, and, and, I, and I do agree to an extent there, like maybe AP should have been more involved, but I think the lack of passing in that game really kind of screwed Adrian Peterson over. I mean, the offense had nothing going for him. In the Arizona game, I mean, we we were passing the ball. Teddy, Teddy's best game yet of his career, was it not? Yeah, at least passing yards wise, I believe it was the most passing yards he's thrown. Uh, so I think that helped AP, you know, just open the field a little bit for him. Yeah, and uh, against Seattle, we averaged uh, one point nine yards per rush. One point nine. Um, yeah, that's pretty bad. That's really bad. Uh, so that's on uh, how many rushing attempts? It's only 16 rushing attempts against Seattle, so not a huge sample size. But, I mean, 16 carries isn't nothing to scoff at. Uh, you know, against Arizona, we got some more running plays, 24 runs, uh, averaging three yards per carry. Still not a good yards per carry average, um, but 24 runs, you know, kind of feeding AP. They after. looked like the worst team in the league against Seattle. Yeah, greasing the squeaky wheel a little bit with, yeah. with AP there. But, uh, you know, one thing I really noticed in the Arizona game was just this predictability of running the ball on first down. Uh, you know, some some people on Twitter were mentioning it. Uh, it seemed almost automatic um, after that first drive of the game that AP was getting the ball on first down. It seemed like Arizona knew it, we knew it, and we just kept on doing it. Um, and three yards per carry, you know, isn't going to get it done. Yeah, well, he did say... The week prior that we were outcoached and outplayed players as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that I really agree you think with that. Do you think that had any effect on this game in terms of his touches, in terms of how the offense played, how it was called even? Well, I, I definitely think so. And, and that's kind of a, a point that I wanted to talk about more is, you know, the, the running back position in general. Um, but I, I definitely agree with AP that the play calling in Seattle was horrendous. I don't think it's necessarily because... AP wasn't getting enough carries. I think it was more of what we've talked about kind of all year, the Vikings not running quick routes to compensate for this horrible offensive line and not utilizing our short, fast receivers. Um, but kind of, you know, with, with AP, uh, do do you feel like the, the coaches are, like they feel like they owe him X amount of carries? Like I don't think, build no, I don't think he's owed anything. To be okay. honest, I I think that he's a help. He's a great asset on your team. I think you would agree. I don't think running backs are a necessity in the NFL, but they sure are, can be a luxury. And AP is a very luxurious running back to have on your team. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. The best teams in the NFL, for the most part, I mean, they're throwing the ball up and down the field. They don't rely on giving a guy twenty five carries a game. I'm not saying you can't win that way, but I think you need more pieces in place to win that way, and it makes it a little more difficult. That's just my opinion, but, you know. Yeah, see, this is where I wish we had uh, Danger Dane, the, the AP supporter on here, to, to say how AP's our hands-down MVP, and, you know, could he be a league MVP? I remember that 
oh, question yeah. was raised our last podcast, I think. Um, I don't think that's in question anymore. But I, I for sure think that this coaching staff feels like they need to get AP the ball. Um, and I don't think that that's healthy for any team. Um, and I think that kind of showed itself a little bit at the Arizona game with our consistently giving the ball on first down. Well, and AP is our best offensive weapon. However, you shouldn't be so predictable. You gotta, you gotta use them, but you gotta use them smart. You do. Um, and again, once you start moving the ball, you know, there's going to be more plays to go around. If, if you're getting first down, there's going to be more opportunities, uh, for AP to get the ball on second down. You know, if once you're, Moving the chains, there's going to be more plays to go around. Um, and I think that you can accomplish that and still throw the ball on first down. That's really my my main criticism uh, from Norv against uh, Arizona was that we should have been, you know, running those same kind of routes that he had, you know, Teddy doing on second and third down, but sprinkle them in on first down a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Quick plays, uh, quick designs. So I had a, a Skolger, uh asked me why I was so down on AP. Um, and I think that came out of our, you know, is AP an MVP candidate where I emphatically said he is not. Um, but I, again, want to just say I that's more about the running back not mattering as much. Uh, so I did uh, a little bit of research heading into this. Um, so anybody who is a Chiefs fan, anybody who's not a Chiefs fan, will say Jamal Charles is that team MVP. Anybody who's a Houston uh, Texans fan will say, you know, Arian Foster. Arian Foster is that team MVP. Seattle going into this year, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Pittsburgh, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so with that said, all four of those running backs that I just named ha- have gotten injured this year. Um, and I thought it'd be fun to look at the records uh, before they went down and after. Just to see, you know, this is the team's most valuable okay. player. Okay. They should they should be just... They should be losing. They, they don't have... They don't have- they should be in utter despair. They lost the centerpiece of their offense, their team MVP. Okay. Uh, so let's see here. So Jamal Charles went down in week five. Up until that point, they were one and four. Since then, they are now eight and one. It's impressive, actually. Their one loss They're is sneaky. against the Vikings. And going into that game, and I fell into the same trap. I, I've begun to realize how not important running backs are. But going into that week, I said they might be the worst team in football. They were 1-4 and four at that time, lost Jamal Charles. Since then, 8-1. and one. Houston Texans losing Arian Foster week 7. They were 2-5 and five up However, that he week. was injured. You got you got to... That's a caveat. They were 1-2 and two when he was playing. Okay. Um, but since then, they've been 4-2. and two. Seattle, you know, Marshawn Lynch has been banged up. They were four and five when he went down in week ten for good. They've been four and zero oh since. Le'Veon Bell with Pittsburgh. Uh, you know they were. He went down week eight. They were four and four up until that point. Four and one since. So all of these teams dramatically better records since their MVP of the offense went down. You know how important is the running back if that can be said? That that is. Those are all really good points. And my. My kind of theory behind this, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of circumstances going into this opponent's played, how the defense is doing, all these different things. But I think it's the same trap that I feel like the Vikings are in right now where we feel like we need to build our game plan around AP versus the other talents that we have versus the opponents we're playing. You know, and, and we saw it against Arizona, run the ball on first down almost every time. You know, I, I'm assuming that these other teams were kind of falling into that same trap their star running back goes down, all of a sudden they don't feel the need to do that. 
You know, they can they can scheme to their opponents. They can open the ball up, quick passes on first down, do whatever they want. They don't they're not you know, they're not a slave to any one player. Yeah. So AP, I, I think he's a top running back in the game, but I think that he's just got too much control over Norv Turner and this offense right now. Um, and that's something that kind of frightens me going forward. Well, I think those are all very good points, very valid. And I completely agree with, you know, your your thoughts on running backs. I think, like I said before, they're a complete luxury, uh, but they're not a necessity to be a winning team in the NFL. With that being said, AP is still one of the best in the league. That first touchdown that he scored against Arizona, I don't think any other running back could have scored that touchdown the way he did. Uh, but I think what it all comes down to is who is who is under the center? Who is your quarterback? That's really, I mean, the best teams, you just go down the list. You know, Cam Newton and the Panthers, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, Tom Brady and the Patriots. I mean, you just go down the list. The best playoff teams all have Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks. They don't need a running back. It sure does help, but they don't need it. I completely agree with that sentiment. Uh, but, you know, that that said, uh, I don't want to come off as thinking of not appreciating AP's talent. You know, with the ball in his hands, that combination of size and speed and Scary. kind of tenacity that he runs with, it's unparalleled in the NFL, and it has been for quite some time. But when you talk about a team kind of having to cater to one player, that's not, you know, it's never been more true than it is right now with this Minnesota Vikings. He's dictating the formations, the play calling, how many times he gets the ball. You know, he's got to get it on first or second down because he can't pick up blitzes or catch the ball. You know, when he's in the game, we got to have a fullback in there, two tight ends, everything all uptight the way he likes it. You know, he likes to run this way, so we got to run these formations. And I think that ultimately it could be stifling our offense you know, more than, well, more than it, it appears on the outside, more than it appears, just something to, to keep in mind uh, going forward to next year. I'm kind of going to be in the boat of hopefully we can move them. Uh, you know, if, we, if it turns out we have to release them and free up that much cap space, I'm fine entertaining that idea as well. Um, I know and all I, the scolders out there think that we can get three first round picks for them. No, no, of course not. And I, I would have to just – the only thing I can say is I think most important things on offense, obviously quarterback, but God, you need an offensive line, and this team has a horrible offensive line. I hope they're listening to this podcast. I'm sure they are. They all listen all the time. But this offensive line is bad. It's bad. Yeah, it's it's very bad. And, and I do think that running the ball can help an offensive line kind of get some rhythm. Um, but again, I, I just feel like... But you just can't win with an offensive line that gives up five sacks a game. Or whatever they're doing. They're horrible yeah. right now. Yeah, yep. But yeah, you know, AP's got to get his touches, but we got to do it, I think, uh, more methodically. Methodically. It can't you know, just be so... It can't be every first know, down, and it can't be... Predictable. And, and it, it's got to depend on the game flow, too. If if we're, if we need to throw the ball, we need to throw the ball. If we, we, can't, af- we can't worry about AP exactly. getting angry and going to the press saying that the coach is... If we can afford to give him 30 carries in a game, that's great. But oftentimes, once we fall behind, we're in a lot of trouble because we're not passing our way out of the game. So, what, what do you... What do you think the offense needs to do to be successful going forward? Going, so we, we got the Bears coming up next week. What do we need to do offensively to win that game? Well, I reached out to Norv Turner 
uh, because we're like best friends. Okay, just kidding, guys. I know you fell for that. Uh, but no, really, I think ultimately this team, like in the uh, the Cardinal game, quick plays. They don't have time to throw it 30 yards on the field. They can't do it. They just they don't have the blocking. AP can't block either, by the way. Uh, they they need to have quick plays, quick designs. Uh, you know, run the ball when you can. But in terms of passing, they got to move the ball. And right now, they can't stay in the pocket. Teddy's always rolling out with a guy right behind him. I, it's just getting a little irritating to even watch. Like, I you, I watched Carson Palmer in the last game. They'd snap him the ball. He would be, you know, doing the little thing with his feet in the pocket, looking around, making the deep throw. You watch Teddy. He's never standing right in the pocket. And it's not Teddy. It's because there's a guy flying in at him. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a luxury that we don't have, kind of running those deeper routes that we all know. And I'm not, and I'm not even saying Teddy's got the greatest arm in the league. I don't even know if he has a top fifteen arm. I do know he's a good decision maker, but he does not have any time to make a decision. Very that's my that's my take. I think the offensive line is horrible, and they need to address it immediately in the off season. Very, very true. So I, I think Chicago is one of those lesser opponents that we played a lot of earlier in the year. And I think that is the kind of opponent that you, uh, you know, ironically, just talking to me talking about how we don't need to get AP the ball all the time. This is a kind of opponent where we can do that. I think that they're kind of a lower skill opponent. I think when we face the better teams like Seattle, like Arizona, you know, like Green Bay in week 18, that's when we're going to have to open the ball up and throw the ball with Teddy. And if AP doesn't get his carries, so be it. Um, but against this lesser opponent in Chicago, this is a game where we kind of. Uh, yeah, AP level were 100. He That's will, my guarantee. He will. And, you know, his stats are always good when we win because then we, we keep feeding him the ball. He has know? some great games against the Bears too. Yep. He has some great games against the Bears. So kind of going forward, uh, you know, you talked about how different you felt the offense was in Arizona versus, um, you know, up until that point, really. Um, do you think that our defense, when healthy, assuming that we're going to get Sharif Floyd, Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr back, get this mean defense back to prime form, do you think that we can beat good teams with that offense that we had before the Arizona game? Or do you think that we're going to have to open it up like we've been talking about? Well, I think once we get our defense completely healthy again, there's no doubt in my mind we can beat almost any team. Now, are we going to be the favored team? Probably not because our offense struggles to put up 20 points a game. But our D last game against the Cardinals proved even when we're missing our best defensive players. They played tough. They were good. Uh, you put in Harrison Smith, Barr, Linval Joseph, that game is completely different. And that's scary for them. I, I doubt they would have given up so many big plays. Uh, I think going into the playoffs, it might we might be a little bit of a surprise for some teams if we get the opportunity to, you know, get a good, if our D is all healthy at that point. Yeah, it's definitely going to come down to how healthy our defense is. And I was really looking forward to this tough stretch of games to see, you know, if our Current offensive style, you know, was good enough to beat them with our great defense. Unfortunately, we didn't get to find that out because our great defense lost our three best players and still pr played pretty damn good. I was Arizona. very impressed. I mean, I thought we were honestly going to get whooped. I truly did. They played out of their mind, in all honesty. Missing their three best defensive guys back there. 
Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully, hopefully that's not a, a question that's answered, you know, whether or not our super conservative style of offense um, is going to be good enough with our good defense to beat great teams. Hopefully, you know, Norv has evolved in the kind of passing routes he was calling last game weren't just a flash in the pan. Hopefully he sticks with that going forward, uh, kind of recognizing how bad our line is, what kind of receivers we have, all of that stuff. Seems like a lot more tight end involvement too. A lot more Rudolph, Sapruet. Yep, and, and you can do that when you have quicker routes because then you, it's not as important for them to stay in and block because you're not trying to block for Teddy, you know, to sit right. back there forever and wait for Mike Wallace 80 yards downfield to yeah. get loose. because you're not going to get more than three seconds behind that line. Yep. So we are uh, now a game back uh, from Green Bay. Uh, their schedule to finish out the year. Oakland, tough game in Arizona, and then finishing up against us, of course. Uh, so that's not an easy schedule for them at Oakland. Oh, it's at home against Arizona, excuse me, and then at home against Minnesota. So we do have a chance to catch them. Uh, even if we don't, you know, we control our own destiny here. Uh, get in as a wild card at the bare minimum as long as we play up to our capabilities. Uh, so despite, you know, back-to-back -back losses, uh, the loss of our captain of this ship, a lot of reasons to stay optimistic. I, I completely agree. I mean, you know, Yes, the last two games, were, we've lost the last two games in a row, but with all things considered, huge improvement in that Arizona game, which is a better team, in my opinion, than Seattle, for what it's worth. Missing some of our best players. I think there are some moral victories to be found, even though that's kind of lame to even say. But in all honesty, they played way better than I thought they would. I mean, that was that was actually like the most entertaining football game I've watched this year, I think. It just sucked. sucks that it came down to that last play, and uh, they the didn't have. Play, yeah. It seems like they didn't have an idea as to what they truly wanted to do. I, I know they wanted to run another play. I don't think anyone disagrees that they shouldn't have ran another play. But my God, it's got to be a play that you snap the ball, you look at a guy, you either make the throw or you just throw it away. I mean, what they took forever. They got sacked, fumbled, game over. Yeah, it's hard to know where to place the blame on that on that play. Um, I, it's been talked about a lot, uh, and I think you know we looked. We were huge underdogs going to this. We need a lot of things to go right. A lot of things did go right. Um, so I was impressed with us as a whole. As far as kind of moral victories, I think there was X's and O's victories. I think you know the short passing plays, getting the ball out of Teddy's hands yeah, fast, that's true. Uh, you know, that's a concrete takeaway that hopefully, you know, Norris will build on that. Yeah, so I think there's, you know, you screw if Teddy moral threw, takeaways. There's you, real takeaways from this game that we can use. Could you, know, you imagine if Teddy threw for 300 plus two games in a row? I can. He actually has a chance this week, I think. Let's see it. Let's see it. Um, what is your final score prediction? Vikings-Bears. Oh, boy. Vikings Bears. Uh, so now you're kind of asking me, are we going to see Norv from weeks one through thirteen or Norv from week fourteen? I think it comes down to that. Well, I think regardless, we should win this game. However, just get in there, get in Cutler's head. Easy to do, it seems like. Uh, D should be tough for them. Xavier should be a great matchup with Alshon Jeffrey. I hope his wrist isn't, you know beat up too bad because it did look like that would hurt. Uh, but I think they should win this game. I'm going to go – God, I feel like I always say this, but I'm going to go 24-17 Vikes. 
Like it, like it, good call. Struggling with the math here. You always got to figure a couple field goals, especially with our defense. Um, Bears got will, that rookie running back in there now who's been okay and Forte in there in the mix. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say our, our red zone defense holds strong. Um, and we win 27-16. Yeah, I, I just don't out. see them beating us. I don't either. And you mentioned Elshon Jeffrey. That's the kind of receiver that Xavier you know, matches Thrives up on. well against. Yes. That bigger guy. Um, last year, of course, they had uh, Marshall and Jeffrey. And we had Josh Robinson on you know, whoever Xavier wasn't on. So we don't have that matchup to worry about this year. Um, you know, Cutler's prone to throw some interceptions. Um, hopefully we can get the old man on the outside, Newman, catch a couple more of those this year. That's been huge. Um, but, yeah, like your prediction, like the way this team's going. Um, before we forget, I'd like to name Skolger of the Week. Um, it's the Danger Dane, former uh captain of this ship before he he did not go down with the ship either he kind of jumped ship if you who will. is watching reality tv right now on his couch he's not we're not angry we're just disappointed um but his co-worker ryan he uh was very active on twitter so if you want to be scolder of the week you follow us on twitter we're at scolders pod you like us on facebook you can comment on facebook um what other ways can people get oh yeah download us on itunes SoundCloud, SoundCloud, of course, of course. Dane's, we just we we always could rely on Dane. We're new to this. This is this whole hosting thing. thing. I'm just an yeah. interim here. This is I never expected this. We're just the guys who know football. Dane's the guy who knows like hosting, hosting. Yeah, yeah. So if if you want to hear somebody hosting, you should get a hold of Dane. Apparently, yeah. He well, he be, must be free now, right? He must have all the time in the world, but busy schedule. You did a guy. great job, Pat Scully. Well. It's only going to get better from here as the Vikings make a run to the playoffs and beyond. Yes, hopefully, ideally. Skull! Skull.